previously I was talking about uh, the hate mail, negative comments, whatever, uh, that I got based on my, uh, uh, my commentary on the Barbie movie. And it occurred to me uh, last weekend uh, while I was uh, out on a run and uh, that's, you know, a lot of people have shower thoughts, and, and I have shower thoughts too, but um, also uh, I have run thoughts when I'm out on a run, especially a long run. Uh, it, it really clears my mind uh, and allows, it, you know, it allows things to come to me. It, it uh, and I, this is why I'm a huge proponent of, of, uh, exercise period, but uh, it's a way to get all of the junk that's been going on in your head and piling up in your head to just go. And and when you're on a run or a bike ride or, or a swim or whatever, it's just you and the medium that you are moving through. Like when I'm on a run, it's just me and the road and God, because I do a lot of praying when I'm running too. Um, but there's a lot of clarity of thought that comes from exercise, which is another point that I want to get into in this. Uh, but the thing that occurred to me, uh, I digress, sorry, I frequently do ask my wife. Um, while I was on this run, and I was thinking about the comments that I was getting, the negative comments, and, and how they're always all the same. Um, always, always the same. Uh, the thing that occurred to me is the one thing that they all have in common, and, and the thing that, that pisses me off the most, probably, about wokeness, is how it, its point is to create victims. Its point is to instill in its adherence a victimhood. That is the way that it keeps people enslaved to its philosophy and its ends, is by creating perpetual perennial victims. And I got to thinking about how it does that. It occurred to me that the way that it does that is that it makes people identify themselves based on... It, it divides people. It divides people into groups and these groups are based on uh, either self-destructive behaviors or on uh, superficial characteristics. But the first point of it is to separate people in, into groups, to divide people up, and then to... Uh, assign um, seemingly 
arbitrary rankings to these people. And, and the rankings uh, themselves are fluid and, and ever-changing. Uh, but these things are, you know, ethnicity, skin color, gender, um, and and sexual sexuality, sexual orientation, identification, whatever. But then it tells people from each individual groups why they are victims. And 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 by making them continually victims, they 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 create a dependency because they tell them you are a victim and you will always be a victim. And the only way that you can have any rights is if you support us. If you support our way of life and instilling this victimhood instills in the individual envy of other groups and it also in order to do that too it, you you have to in in induce pride in, in the individual, but not pride in who you actually are. Pride in your group, which is based on some superficial characteristic or behavior, but not who you actually are. So you've got pride and you've got envy and you've got fear it instills fear because, oh, you might, you're constantly in fear because you might lose your rights. Well, what, what rights are we going to, oh, but you, you, the rights, you, just right. You can't actually name the rights. Like, if you ask uh, uh, a woman, a feminist, if you ask a radical feminist, what rights are you missing? What rights are you lacking in the United States, in the West today? They can't name one, not a single one. They can't name the same thing with uh, transsexuals. You ask, what, what rights are you lacking today that, that other people have that you don't have? They, they can't tell you. It's another one of those terms that the left uses that they can't define. Like when they throw around the term racist. I have yet, not once, not a single time, when I have asked a leftist, when they've accused me or somebody else of being a racist, never once have they been able to define the term. And you ask them, what rights are you missing? They can't tell you. And then, of course, there's greed. Because they, these rights that people have, or wealth, or whatever, it's, it's envy. You want something that somebody else has that you don't, even if you don't know what that is, that you want it. But here's the thing. Just from, from a stand, let's talk about uh, wealth. You know, oh, you, you don't have as much money as the billionaires. Oh, those, those, who are the billionaires? 
Name one. Name, name one of the billionaires that, that you specifically want to target to take their money. They, they can't do it. Again, you ask them to define what they're talking when they say the billionaire or the rich. Who are the rich? Define, define the rich. Who, what do you mean by the rich? They, they can't do it. They won't do it because, again, they just need the negative connotation of the word. They don't need an actual, they don't want an actual definition because that limits them. And they can't have limits because once you achieve a certain goal that you set out to achieve, that, well, then all of a sudden your, your people don't feel like, your little group doesn't feel like victims anymore. Well, you need them to consistently feel like victims in order for them to stay with you, in order to keep them voting for you. So it, it's never enough. Nothing is ever enough. No goal is ever enough. You cannot achieve. And they've even said this when they talk about, you know, equity. When they, it, That's another thing that they can't define. Well, what is equity? When is it achieved? How do we achieve? Oh, it'll never be achieved. It can never be. Again, they have to have a perennial victimhood. And this perennial victimhood that wokeness instills in people makes them slaves. That's the point. That's the point. Just sheerly from a political perspective, this is what drives the Democrat Party. Decades ago, they came up with this idea, this plan uh, that has, is, is leading to their demise, the demise of the Democrat Party, which it's happening right now. It's occurring but they came up with this plan because previously they, they had existed on, on uh, this pitting the, the working class against the, against the rich. Well, pretty soon, as is the case in the United States, the, the working class started to, to get into more of the middle class, and, and the middle class got bigger and bigger. And the, the left hate the middle class. They absolutely hate them because the middle class is proof that capitalism works and they were losing in the, in, in the, in the arena of ideas. They were practically losing because so many people were moving from, from lower class into middle class and from middle class into upper class. And they they needed to change their message and so they did they they altered their message from an economic marxism to a cultural marxism and this is where critical theory comes around and and so what they decided to do was they were going to divide people up into these little groups and they were going to cobble together the the plan was to cobble together a majority of minorities and so from just a political perspective, they like to produce this victimhood in people so that these people and, and convince these people that they are constantly victims, that they will always be victims and that, that, that equality or equity will never be achieved, which in, in this particular case, they're correct. Equity will never be achieved. They specifically chose the concept of equity because they knew that equity could never be achieved. It is not a goal that is achievable. And so the, the, they must constantly 
that you will constantly always be a victim. You can never achieve. You'll, you'll never be good enough. This is, this is, this is a concept that, that abusers use on their victims. Abusive husbands and abuse against their wives. Abusive wives use against their husbands. And yes, such a thing does exist. And, and abusive parents use against their children. You will never be good enough. You will never achieve your goals. You will always be worthless and useless. They keep the individual down. It's worse than that. That's just the practical political aspect of it, because the reason they do that is so that you, you keep voting for them. You can't vote for the other guys because the other guys are your oppressors. Now, they can't tell you how the other guys are your oppressors. Well, they're denying you your rights. Well, what rights are they denying you? Well, uh, we can't define those rights. We can't tell you what those rights are, but they're denying you those rights. None of, none of this is based on anything objective, any objective truth. It's all based on emotionalism and, and ephemeral uh, garbage and buzzwords and stuff. Oh, the, oh, the, 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 the radical right wing are, 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 are uh, keeping you down and they're, they're keeping you from having your rights. What rights will those rights, you can't define the rights anyway, that's how they do it. But, and, and that's just purely from a, a political perspective, but it goes deeper. It goes a lot deeper because this isn't just political. As I have stated many, many, many times before on this channel, this channel is about viewing what happens in the world from a real Christian, biblical Christian perspective. There's a spiritual aspect to this. What happens in the real world, the material world, is, is, a, is physical ripples of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And if you don't believe in the spiritual realm, okay, that's fine, whatever. I do. And this victimhood is something that Satan, Satan himself, wants to instill in everybody. And I'm not just talking about non-Christians here. You see, non-Christians, it's easy to convince them that they're victims because you've got this this political bs that that you can push and you've convinced them that there's no such thing as god so by definition if there's no such thing as god then there's no such thing as satan right so you again like that uh that old saying, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. It's actually the second greatest trick he ever pulled. The first greatest trick was convincing the world that God didn't exist. But either way, Satan wants you to feel like a victim all the time, too. And he does this to Christians as well. You see, if you're a constant victim, then you never improve, you never get better, you never, you are never effective at what you do. And again, this, this works against Christians too. If Satan's got you convinced that, that you're a victim of something, 
if Satan has you envious of somebody else, well, then you're always worried about what you don't have. And you're never thinking about what you do have. And the brilliance to this philosophy, the, the brilliance to this particular tactic of convincing people that they're victims and, and that they deserve things that they don't have, instilling this envious idea in them is that there's always somebody who has more than you. And so there's always somebody to be envious of. And I'm not just talking about money here. There's always people who are better looking, okay? If that's something that you're concerned with. Satan knows what you're, uh, what you're insecure about. And he, he pokes at those insecurities. If you're insecure about your looks, then, then that's what he's going to, oh, you're just, you're, you're always going to be, you know, you're not as good looking as that person. You'll never be as good looking as that person. You're just a victim. You're a victim of your looks, and that's something that you'll never get over. You can't change your looks that much. You know, you're just a victim. If it's money, money's easy. There's always somebody who's, who's got more money. If it's power, there's always somebody who's got more power. Whatever it is that is your trigger, whatever you're envious of, whatever your thing is that you want, Satan's got 31 flavors and then some. He's the Baskin-Robbins of sin. And, and, and whatever it is, he's going to convince you, oh, there's always somebody that's got more. And if you achieve something better, oh, somebody's got more. Somebody's better. Somebody's smarter. Somebody's faster. Somebody's better looking. Somebody's got more money. And, and, and no matter how hard you try, there's always more. And as long as you're focused on what you don't have... As long as you're focused on trying to find satisfaction and happiness in pursuing whatever it is that you don't have, uh, in pursuing happiness in material things, in physical things, then you're never actually going to achieve it. And you will always be a victim. You'll always feel like whatever you have isn't good enough, like your life isn't good enough, like you're not good enough. Let me tell you something, folks. It's a lie. It's a lie. Here's the big secret that Satan doesn't want you to know. You are good enough. God made you exactly the way he wanted you. You're good enough. Okay? He didn't make you the same as anybody else because he's already got that person that you're envious of. He's already got one of those. He wanted one of you. He made you specifically special, individually, as his child, and he wants to get to know you as a father wants to get to know a child. 
He wants a personal, individual relationship with you. And he doesn't care about your looks. And he doesn't care about how much money you have. And he doesn't care about the clothes that you wear or any of that stuff. He cares about you as an individual. And he wants to know you. And he wants you to be the best you that you can be. See, he made you with potential. And he wants you to use that potential to achieve and to grow and to become the person that he created you to be. And you can't do that when you're a victim. When you think you're a victim. And you can't do that when you are trying to fill that God-shaped hole that is inside of you with material things or with physical pursuits, with booze, drugs, sex, whatever it is you're using to try to cover up your unhappiness, your feelings of worthless, the feelings of worthlessness that Satan puts on you, the feelings of victimhood that Satan puts on you. Now you might say, and that's easy for you to say, you know, you're a, a heterosexual white Christian male, you're the oppressor folks, everybody, everybody has problems. And it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... Satan is trying to put everybody down. He's attacking everybody. He is an equal opportunity hater. He wants everybody dead. He wants me dead just the same as he wants you guys dead. And he almost got it. He almost got it. He almost got me to do it myself. That's right. He almost got me to do it myself for years and years and years and years. For, for most of my life, the vast majority of my life, 50 years, he had me convinced that I was worthless, that I was no good, that I would never be anything and I drowned my sorrows and, and, and just accepted the fact that I was no good and that I was never going to achieve anything. Fifty years I lived like that to the point where I finally had decided that I was going to put an end to it myself. I had allowed myself to become a, a total victim. I had allowed myself to get enormously out of shape um, and 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 again just uh, felt sorry for myself constantly fe feeling sorry for myself and in doing so uh, and engaging in self-destructive behaviors that that kind of mentality brought about I was hurting everybody around me 
You know, you might think, oh, you can do whatever you want to do, you know, it just as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. No, folks, there's no such thing as doing whatever you want to do and not hurting anybody. That kind of thing doesn't exist. If you go around doing whatever you want to do, guarantee you're going to end up hurting yourself and other people. And it took a very extreme uh, situation for me to come face to face with reality and with my God and with Jesus and come to the reality that I am who he made me and that I do have this potential that Satan had been preventing me from trying to reach for 50 years and that I was not who Satan told me I was, that I was not the sum total of, of this physical being that I am. I was definitely not the sum total of my experiences. Instead, I was fearfully and wonderfully made and that God had a plan for me and that now was the time to wake up and get into it. And so I did. And I uh, took about two years of figuring stuff out and finding out who I really am as opposed to who I had been told I was for 50 years and for 50 years trying to be somebody else, trying looking on other people with envy and, and trying them on for size and trying to be like somebody else and always failing because I wasn't them. Only they can be them. I can't be them. I couldn't be these people. And, and because of that constant failure, it was a constant beatdown. And so for like two years, I had to figure out who I am, who I really am, who God made me. And, and now I'm working on who God made me to be. And, and, and I went from being super out of shape and almost, you know, 200 pounds to really getting back into, uh, earning every day that Eagle Globe and Anchor that I earned in field med school all those years ago, understanding the, the mindset that actually goes into that kind of just understanding that kind of mindset is that every day you have to get up and you have to be better. You have to become better. You have to actually make yourself uncomfortable and become better. And I found uh, mentors in guys like uh, Jocko Willink and uh, uh, David Goggins. 
not to try to be like them, but to try to be like me using the means that they have used to become like them. They use these means that they, that they use to, to become the guys that they are, the men that they are. And, and these means that they used can help me and help you to become who you're supposed to be. And, and so I started doing these, these runs and, and, and following the, the mindset, especially of Goggins. I love Goggins because he's just insane. He's, he's a nut and I love him. Um, that every day, every day you make yourself uncomfortable. Every day you do something that sucks. Just find one thing that you do that, that is just going to suck and you know, it's going to suck. And, and like with me, uh, there was uh, a day, uh, <laughs> it, it made my wife just crazy. Um, that, but I was like, it was 104 degrees outside or something like that. And, uh, I decided I'm going to go for a run in 104 degree heat, but that wasn't enough. It wasn't going to suck enough just to go on a run in a 104 degree heat. I was going to do it in a plate carrier with added weight just to make it suck even worse. And it did. Oh my gosh, it did. It sucked so bad. It sucked so bad. And I had to stop and walk a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. Cause when I, I, I don't go on like one mile runs and stuff like that. My bare minimum run is a 5k bare minimum. That's my short run is a 5k. Uh, my long runs can be like a 15k, 18k, something like that. I, I like to do like really long runs if I can. But anyway, it sucked so bad. And and when I came, uh, there was a couple of times I got dizzy on the run. And, and I knew that, you know, because my wife said, if you start to get dizzy, you know, you call me and I'll come pick you up. And I'm like, I'm not going to call her. <laughs> I will pass out before I call her. And I finally got home, man. And it, it but I, I felt when it was over and I had done it and I had conquered it, I felt so good. And if you do that every day. Just one thing that sucks. And it doesn't have to be anything that big. It doesn't have to be a 5K or a 10K or 12K, 18. It doesn't have to be that if that's if you're not there yet. Okay? It can be... It can be something little. you got to start out little. Start out, start out the day little. Okay? Get up early. Whatever early is for you. Right. With me, um, I prefer to to try to you know get up around four thirty. All right. Sometimes I get up earlier. Sometimes I just wake up. Matter of fact, pretty much every night I wake up around one thirty, and then I wake up again around three thirty, and then I wake up about four thirty uh, or five. But I, I like to get up around that time because it gives me time to do stuff without any distractions. But get up early. Get up at a regular time. Set a regular time every day. And if you have a goal in mind, like if you want to start getting up at 4.30, set that goal. And if you normally wake up at 8 and you're just rushing to get ready for work and or school or whatever it is, 
Move it to 7 o'clock and do 7 o'clock for a while. Then move it to 6.30 and do 6.30 for a while. And move it to 6. And just incrementally move it until you get to that goal of where you want to be. Whatever that happens, whatever that goal happens to be. But get up. Get up. Don't hit the snooze button. Get up. Pray. First thing, when you realize you're awake, start praying. Not just to ask God for stuff, but just, just pray. Just talk to God. Say, good morning, Dad. The Bible even says, call God Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. It's, it's not, Father, oh, oh, Father, thouest and thouest and oh, Lordest and givest me thisest. And no, no. It, Abba means daddy. You talk to him like you talk to your dad. You talk to him even if your dad was a piece of shit and you don't even know who he is, even if he abandoned you. That's, he's not your dad. Another thing the Bible says, Jesus told us, don't call anybody on this planet father. You have one father, and that's your father in heaven. He's a real father. He is the real father for you. He really loves you. He created you. Okay, he loves you and wants to know you and wants you to be the best you you can be. So wake up, talk to him. Good morning, Dad. And just listen quietly. And while you get up, keep him in mind. All right, keep him listen because he'll talk to you if you listen. It won't be necessarily a voice in your head. Oh, well, you, listen, um, well, I need, you know, uh, I love you, son, and, or daughter, you know, that kind of, it's not necessarily a voice or anything like that. These thoughts will come into your head. If you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you. That's your radio to God. Get up, brush your teeth, take your shower, make it a cold shower doesn't have to be freezing, just enough to make yourself uncomfortable. And pretty soon you'll get used to that, that temperature. And you crank it down a little bit. Make yourself uncomfortable. Get in there, be uncomfortable. Take your shower, get out, dry off, get dressed, make your bed. It doesn't have to be, again, in this order. You can make your bed right after you get out of it, but make your bed. Okay, you've done now, you've gotten out of bed early, that's one win, started praying, that's two wins, brushed your teeth, three wins, took your shower, four wins, got dressed, five wins, okay, now, if it's early enough, and you got dressed out for PT, go for PT. All right? If you're, if you're in pretty good shape, go for a run. Go for a swim. Go for a bike ride, whatever, whatever it is. Go to the gym. All right? If you're not there, go for a walk. If you can't walk for a long way, walk as far as you can. And just walk further the next day. 
you don't have to be an elite athlete yet. But here's the deal. As you do these things, as you, as you, you, you have to look at these things as, as, as incremental little wins. And as you build up these incremental little wins, all right, you, you, you got up early, you made your bed, you brushed your teeth, you took your shower, you got dressed, you're, you're up early, you, you can do stuff now without any distractions. You, you go to the gym, you, you go for a walk, you go for a run, you go for a swim or a bike ride or whatever, you do something for you. And, and like I said earlier, when, like when I'm on a run, it's just me and the road and God. Me and the road and Jesus and we're I'm running and I'm I'm praying and 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 it, there's an actual conversation going on. And if you're not a Christian and you you don't know, then you don't know. But I'm telling you, it's there. It exists, and it's good and it feels great. I can't tell you if if I don't get a run in, I just if I don't get PT in. By the way, PT, for those of you who don't know, is, is military speak for physical training. Uh, if I don't get exercise in PT in, then I I feel it. I, I feel bad. And so I got to do that. And, and as you're building up these wins, you are getting better. Folks, I was almost 200 pounds. One of the things that really kicked my ass was looking at the scale and realizing that I was 198.7 pounds and superiorly out of shape for what I used to be when I was in the service, when I was with the Marine Corps. And I thought to myself, doc, you, you cannot let yourself break 200 pounds and be a fat, sloppy, out of shape piece of crap. You can't do it. You, you are better than this. God did not make you to be this. And that's one of the things that, that kicked my ass into gear. And so I started doing, I started working out PT and folks, I, I just did it incrementally. And, and I, I found something that worked for me. Like, you know, weights might not be the thing for you yet. And weights might be the thing. You might grow into weights, you know, for me, you know, I did I did weights for a while and and I I hit a plateau and I just couldn't get past that plateau and that's when I discovered um calisthenics uh gymnastics. And let me tell you folks that I love it. I love it. I don't do weights uh anymore um and I found that uh because of that uh, I'm not as prone to injury anymore and and my running i do minimalist running um uh, look that up i'm not going to get into what minimalist running is but i do now exclusively calisthenics acrobatics uh, not acrobatics gymnastics and um uh the minimalist running if i could if i had a venue i would swim because i love to swim i just don't have access to a pool regularly but i row in lieu of swimming, I've got a rowing machine that I use, um, and that has produced in me, I am now in 
likely the best shape I've ever been in my life. Barring age-related health issues, I'm, I'm about in the best shape I've ever been in my life. And all of this came about because I decided to stop being a victim. I decided to stop looking at myself as a victim. I decided to stop comparing myself to other people because I'm not other people. I decided to be thankful for what I had. And, and that's another neat thing that occurred. When I developed an attitude of gratitude, and trust me, I hate, hate, those rhyming little little sayings and stuff like that and and if i was allowed to i would smack people who use that kind of language in my presence but in this particular case it's appropriate um when i developed an attitude of gratitude of being thankful for what i had and realizing that instead of looking at what other people have that I don't. I started looking at what I had and other people didn't. And not only did that develop in me an attitude of gratitude, of thankfulness, a thankfulness to God for the things, the, the amazing abundance of things that he gives me, it also developed in me an attitude of, of charity, for lack of a better term, of uh, compassion for those people who don't have what I have. And, and it developed in me a desire to help get those people who don't have what I have uh, to inspire them to be able to achieve. And I'm not talking just about material stuff here. Don't think materially. I'm, I'm talking about mentally, spiritually to help them find what I've got. Because if you're in the right place mentally and spiritually, folks, the material stuff first of all, stops mattering. It stops mattering at all. The importance of, of physical material things shrinks drastically when you're in the right place. Uh, uh, let me repeat that because I just got a pop-up message that my recording was for some reason jacked up. If you're in the right place mentally and spiritually, the importance of material things decreases significantly. And the importance of uh, sp spiritual, non-material things becomes more important. So amassing these incremental wins and it, it gets you in a better place physically. It gets you in a better place mentally. It gets you in a better place spiritually and emotionally. That's true too. Oh my gosh. It's a huge, 
huge truth that I found out is that uh, I I had all of these uh, initially um, when that drastic event that changed my life occurred uh, three years ago. Three years ago? Three and a half years ago. Um, when that drastic event occurred, I, I was diagnosed with all kinds of uh, emotional problems. Folks, when I started... Uh, and I had to take medications to get me in the right place mentally. And I got in the right place mentally, but I didn't stay there. I realized that I could improve. And, and, and again, like I said, I, I, I started getting these mentors online, Jocko Willink and, and, and David Goggins, and, and look, what, look, watch their videos, listen to their podcast, whatever, whatever listen to these guys and then I started doing it and I started achieving these these goals and I started pressing myself and making myself uncomfortable and 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 uh getting better and guess what in doing that I not only got more physically in shape and I lost uh 30 some odd pounds and 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 gained muscle and and endurance and got faster and stronger physically i got faster and stronger mentally and emotionally and i stopped having to take those medications and i don't take any of those medications anymore and and the physical medications that i had to take for various physical ailments i got rid of the vast majority of those as well you can get better. You, you've got to stop thinking of yourself as a victim. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop looking at what other people have that you don't. Start looking at what you do have that other people don't. And that, that's a little bit further down the line when you actually start achieving your own, you know, finding out who you are and who you can really be. You know, who God, who Christ designed you to be. You know, when you start figuring that out, then you can look at other people who are in a rut where you were and you can help inspire them and motivate them to get out of where they are. That's how you're going to get better. And I realize that there's a lot of you out there. Those of you who are sending me hate mail, those of you who are calling me racist and calling me a homophobe and transphobe or whatever, a phobist, istophobe. <laughs> I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to y'all out there who are attacking me and, and other people like me. All right. I I got nothing against you. I've I I really don't. As a matter of fact, I I want I don't want you to be the way you are. I don't want you to look at yourself like you're a victim. You're not a victim. You're not. You are an amazing individual created by God himself. One in in 
in billions and billions. There's only one of you. There will only ever be one of you. You're special. God made you special. And 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 wants you to be the best person that you can be. He wants you to to achieve the potential that he created inside of you. And I'm telling you, your potential is not whining and complaining and worrying about what other people have that you don't. That's not your potential. You know, if you're if you're looking at me and 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 you're on all these medications and 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 you're you're out of shape and you're and you think you're a victim, you're not. I know you're not. You're better than that. You're 100% better. And the people that you've been listening to are going to tell you the exact opposite. And I promise you. I promise you this. I promise you. I guarantee to you this. The very second. The very second. That you start stepping out. On your own. Trying to discover. Who you are as an individual. Not as part of a collective, not as part of a victimhood group, but as who you are as an individual, as a special individual person with your very own potential. The very second that you step out of line, they're going to pounce on you. All of those people that you thought were your friends... They are going to pounce on you, they are going to attack you, and they are going to do everything they can to drag you back into your misery and victimhood. Let me tell you something that I've noticed about all of you, all of these people out there, these these leftists, these liberals, who who are attacking me and, and, and other people like me. There's one thing I've noticed about not a damn one of you is happy. Not one of you is truly happy. You can't be. You're always thinking of yourself as a victim. You're always angry. You're always enraged. You're always miserable about something. Not one of you is happy. Not one. I want you to be happy. I want you to find out who you are. I want you to find the happiness that I found. I want you to find achievement. And I'm just warning you. And try it. If you don't believe me, try it. The very second that you go out there and you try to achieve something on your own, you try to improve yourself, you try to uh, achieve your potential, all your old buddies, your so-called friends, and they ain't your friends, are going to attack you, and they're going to try to drag you back in, and try to drag you back in line, I guarantee it. Because if there's one thing Satan doesn't want you to do, He does not want you to achieve your potential. 
He wants you to be a victim forever and ever and ever. He wants you to live a miserable life. And he wants you to die in misery. And what's even worse, folks, is he wants you to live eternity in misery in hell with him. He's already going to hell. He knows it. He knows there's no way around it. And he wants to take as many of us with him as he can. That's why he's keeping you down. That's why he is telling you that you're a constant victim. That's why he is making you part of a collective instead of allowing you to be an individual created by God with your very own potential to do something great. Satan doesn't want you to have fun. Everybody has this concept that Satan, oh, Satan, you know, I prefer heaven for climate and hell for company. Satan wants you to, no. Mm -mm. Satan wants you dead as quickly and efficiently as possible. And while you're alive, he wants you miserable. And that goes for you too, Christians out there. He wants you miserable too. He wants you to be a victim too. Because if you're doing that, then you're not an effective Christian. And you're not helping other people. This ain't just about non-Christians. Anyway, that's all I got to say on that particular issue. If you got any questions for me, if you got any comments or anything like that, you can reach out to me. Doc Bryant Show, all one word, at ZohoMail.com. Doc Bryant Show at ZohoMail.com. You can also hit me up in the comments down below if you like what you heard. Share this out there, and I'll talk to you all later.